0: Hey everybody and welcome once again to Ancient Ways for Modern Days. Today we are in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and uh, and I want to do something a little bit different today. Usually we look at one small portion but I want to look at a few different portions of chapter 3 and just kind of cover the entirety of the chapter because I think there's a flow and I think that there's a few thoughts that when we see how they connect together they give us a, a lot of encouragement, it gives us some hope, it gives us some vision Um, Really kind of uh, some steadfastness in our pursuit of Christ and in our desire to live a godly life based upon God's word. And so with that said, let's jump into the very beginning of 2 Timothy chapter 3. Here's where it begins. The first five verses says this. It says, but understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant. Well, this text it opens up with this bleak picture of the last days, and uh, and really it's a big bleak picture of of our world today. You know, this is not a passage that we need to start worrying about. Like, oh my goodness, it's the last days. Like, I need to stockpile. Actually, the last days are it, we're in them right now, and we need to be more concerned with our spiritual lives than than maybe our physical care. Right. Uh, That maybe is a conversation for a different day. Um, But what this is describing is what we see in our world. What this is describing is sometimes even what we see in the church. You know, notice it says having the appearance of godliness. You know, we we can act the Christian game really well, but we can internally, we can have all our loves misplaced. You know, you look at this, it talks about being a lover of pleasure, not a lover of God. If you were to uh, go back up, you see that it talks about being a lover of self, a lover of money. You know, this is uh, a life that has affections all placed in the wrong spot. So it's, I know God wants me to live this way. I know the Lord calls me to live such a life, a life of, of love, of care for others, of gentleness, of forgiveness, of kindness, of service. But I want what I want. I want what I want. And so we have this tension, this tension that is, you know, we see in the world, clearly this, uh, this jettison of, of biblical morals, but sometimes we even see it in the church and it's concerning, right? It says, avoid such people and keep your distance. Um, this doesn't mean, you know, don't go and share the gospel with them, but it rather is this, you know, especially if they're saying they're, uh, they're perfect or they're fine in their evil actions, you don't have much of a voice into that person's life. Avoid such people. Well, let's skip ahead then. Uh, it, this, this begins with this you know, this world gone wrong. And then it gets to verses 12 and 13. And it says, Indeed, all who d- desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. Well, notice what this is saying. This is saying that, that if, you, if you set your heart on the fruit of the Spirit, if you set your mind on becoming like Christ, if you set your, your goal around living a godly life, you will be persecuted. You will. It will cost you. Your, your trust in Christ, your pursuit of godliness, your willingness to hold to Christ above all else, it will cost you. And then it says that evil people and imposters, they'll go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. This is saying that those in the world, those evil people, that they're just going to continue to do what they do. But even imposters, those who have an appearance of godliness but deny its power, they'll continue to engage in spiritual things. They'll continue to, you know, maybe even be part of church services they, they'll they continue to to act like they uh they have trusted in christ that they are in the faith well internally they will be deceived and they will deceive they, they will have hearts that don't love others they will have hearts that are not full of kindness and forgiveness and grace and gentleness and mercy but instead they'll have hearts that are full of bitterness and and suspicion hearts that um you know end up being revealed and the way they treat others, and uh, and this says they'll they'll go from bad to worse. This says they'll they'll be deceiving, and this is the heartbreaking part that they'll be deceived. You they'll they'll think that you know they're they're okay. They think they're just fine. They think the problem is everyone else besides themselves. And instead of having a heart of repentance, instead of being corrected by the the word, by the spirit, by the church, they'll, they'll allow their deception to just cloud their vision of life. But here's the alternative. Look at the very end of this chapter. See, the, here's, here's where we make sure we're not deceived. And, and here's how we cut through the, the reality of this, this world gone wrong and the reality of it's going to cost us to follow Christ verses 16 and 17, it says, all scripture is breathed out by God. All scripture, its source is God. And it says it is profitable. It's, it's valuable. It has, it has worth and it's profitable for teaching and reproof for correction and for training and righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Here's where our text lands. It says, God's word, it is profitable. First of all, for teaching and reproof. This has to do with what we believe. Teaching is instruction in what is correct, sound doctrine, what is right, what is accurate, what God has actually said. And then reproof is the correction of false doctrine. Reproof is when you say, I believe this about God or I believe this about godliness, but as I read the scripture, I realize that's incorrect. And so now I believe this. See, God's word first and foremost, it is profitable for helping us think correctly about who God is, about how the world works, about who we are, and ultimately about how we're saved and then how we can live a godly life. God's word is so valuable simply for how we how we think. And then it says for tr- for correction and training in righteousness. So if these first two words, teaching and reproof, have to do with how we think, and then the next two then is correction and training in righteousness. Well, correction is correcting our wrong behaviors, and then training our righteousness is is helping us live with right behaviors. This is wonderful. Not only does the Word of God teach us how to think and how not to think, but then the Word of God, it trains us so that we don't act the way we should not act, and instead we act the way we should. You see, the Word of God actually is what keeps us from being deceived. Now, we have to read the Word of God in context. We have to wor- read a- the Word of God in, in its totality, we completely read the Word of God. And we have to read the Word of God through the filter of Jesus Christ and His death and resurrection. But when we do that, what the Word of God does is it will constantly be correcting our thinking and be correcting our lifestyle. See, none of us are perfect. None of us have figured it all out. None of us uh, we go a day without, our, without sin. And so what we need is we need this constant correction, this constant word of God. In fact, that's why tomorrow's passage in chapter four is going to really help us kind of bring this all together. And so our ancient way for our modern day is to recognize three really key truths for the world we live in. First of all, uh, We're in the last times, and and it's full of evil belief and evil action. Secondly, those who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus, they will be persecuted. You will be slandered against. You will be gossiped about. You will be left out. People will, they will treat you poorly. But third, the word of God. The word of God is what we need. What we need when we are treated poorly what we need to guard us from treating others poorly what we need to keep us from living a worldly evil life and instead living a a christ-centered godly life so let me ask you brother sister is the word of god is the word of god correcting you Is the Word of God, are you allowing it to shape your mind and shape your actions? Are you allowing it to soften your heart and and soften your heart toward maybe your sinful behaviors, toward the way you treat others? Are you allowing it to guide you in this dark world we live in? And this is our ancient way for our modern day.